Endurance Defined by Endo Podcast with your host and endometriosis warrior, Teniola Ogunro. Created for and dedicated to women who have been diagnosed with endometriosis or who suffer from symptoms that they suspect to be caused by endometriosis. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for a weekly dose on everything endo. If you find this podcast inspiring, please share with your friends and family. Let's spread the word and inspire and empower women all over the world. Please note that I am not a medical professional. So whatever I share on this podcast is to raise awareness and inspire. Please always speak to your medical professional before making any major changes to your diet or lifestyle. With that said, let's get right to it. We will be welcoming Dr. Amy Stein on the show today. Ladies, if you have endometriosis or pelvic pain for whatever medical reason, you need to be listening to what Amy has to say. Amy is a doctor of physical therapy, a leading expert on the treatment of pelvic floor dysfunction, pelvic pain, women's health, and functional therapy for men, women, and children. She is the founder of Beyond Basics Physical Therapy in New York City. Amy is the author of the award-winning book, Heal Pelvic Pain, an easy-read self-help book, and she created a video, Healing Pelvic and Abdominal Pain, the ultimate home program for patients and a guide for practitioners. She also co-wrote the book, Beating Endo, with Dr. Iris Obok where she explains the impact of endo on our pelvic health. Amy serves as the president of the International Pelvic Pain Society, is featured in the Endo Watts documentary, and is one of the founders of the Alliance for Pelvic Pain, a patient-oriented educational retreat. Amy has an undeniable passion for helping women and men heal their pain, and I'm excited to be speaking to her today. So sit back, relax, and let's have a listen. It's so nice to see you finally and speak to you as well and have you on my show. So nice to meet you. Yeah, same. Really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for agreeing to this. So I'm really looking forward to learning a lot from you about pelvic health, especially as it concerns um, endometriosis patients. Sure. Yes. yes. So let's yes. dig in, shall we? Uh, yes, yes. Let's dig in. All right. So can you share a bit um, about your background and how you got into pelvic health? Sure. So I am Amy Stein, the owner and founder of Beyond Basics Physical Therapy in New York City. Uh, I authored another book as well, Heal Pelvic Pain, and a video, Healing Pelvic and Abdominal Pain. And then Beating Endo, How to Reclaim Your Life from Endometriosis, is out tomorrow, actually, June 25th. So it's very exciting, um, and I'm so happy to have the opportunity to be able to share this wealth of knowledge with everyone. And how I got into it was I was actually in PT school at the time, physical therapy school, or physio, some say. And I had a close friend of mine that had a hysterectomy, and she ended up in severe pelvic pain, bladder bowel issues, sexual dysfunction, difficulty working, functioning, the whole, the whole gamut. 
And my professors at the time said, well, I asked what they thought it could be because they had ruled out the low back. They ruled out lumbar spine and everything. And they ruled out any infection, urinary tract infection, because she had those symptoms and bowel issues, but she just wasn't getting any relief. And they actually turned it back on me and said, well, what do you think it is coming from a problem-based learning school? And so I had no idea. I opened up my textbooks and I said, well, maybe it's lower down on the chain. Maybe it's coming from the, the sacral area, the nerves from the sacral area. And then I started to explore it. And indeed, that was most likely what was going on. This was from a distance, by the way. This was over the phone speaking to her. So when I graduated, I got interested in the topic of, uh, or the area of pelvic health in men, women, and children, actually. And um, I just started reading as much as I could and trying to learn as much as I could, spending time with the few mentors that were actually out there and learning from physicians to those that were well-versed in pelvic health. I became um, a member of the International Pelvic Pain Society way back when, and it was small then, it's growing now, which is good. And um, yeah, that's how I, that was kind of the course of my education and training. And then in 2003, I opened up my practice pretty much basically based on pelvic health. And endometriosis being uh, one of the conditions that we see quite frequently in our office. And the book, the book came about because we just we it needed to get out there. We needed to talk about the whole the whole body, not just the disease. So I think I would like to ask if you can tell me a bit about um, the pelvic floor and what is your pelvic health. How do you describe that? Sure. So I should have grabbed my model of the pelvis, but um, your pelvis is at the bottom of your your core of your trunk, and it basically the pelvic floor creates a bowl at the bottom. It's part of your core, so it helps with stability and mobility. But it also has a very special um, special actions of assisting with bladder, bowel, sexual function, as well as uh, sexual health and maintaining the, the core stability. So it really has a, a lot of various functions. Okay. And if there's dysfunction in the muscle, it can actually cause, besides abdominal pelvic pain issues, it can cause bladder, bowel, sexual dysfunction. So it's really important to understand the anatomy, the physiology, as well as evaluating and treating the pelvic floor. And it's it's that it's postgraduate training, so it's all continuing education. Uh, but it's it's a it's a lot. There are a lot of different diagnoses that we see and treat, but we have so much success in doing it if it's related to the musculoskeletal system. So if I can zoom in into endometriosis, a disease I know you're familiar with, can you give us some insights into why it is so difficult to diagnose, considering it's a disease that afflicts like one in 10 women worldwide? Uh, I think because of the complexity. Some, Some patients that we see, they do have painful periods and some abdominal pain, but and that's their symptom. But 
uh, which can be debilitating in itself, but there's other patients that have bladder, bowel issues, sexual dysfunction if they're, of, uh, if they're active, as well as abdominal pelvic pain, or maybe they have more back pain, but it's being contributed by the endometriosis. So that's why it's complicated to diagnose. And the only true diagnosis at this point is a biopsy, which you have to go inside and, and take uh, the cells in order to see if there's endometriosis. So there is no gold standard for assessing if you have endometriosis without actually um, doing a, a surgery. So that makes it even more complicated because that's your, you already, in order to get a proper diagnosis, you have to have a surgical procedure. But on the flip, on the positive side is we do see a lot of patients with uh, various abdominal pelvic issues and endometriosis. And what we're able to do as physical therapists is we're able to get rid of some of that pain that they're experiencing from the, the endometriosis or from the muscles tightening around that area or from the irritation that's being caused by the endometrial implants or, the, or even the organs, they're getting sensitized and they're sensitizing everything around it. So that's, that's a part of the book and then the beating endo book. But then we go into all the various other disciplines that can be really helpful for patients, including uh, nutrition, environmental, mindfulness meditation, teaching the patient how to down-regulate the system, and then also going through what is the best outcome for endometriosis surgery, and that would be excision surgery. That leads me to my next question um, about physical therapy being like a missing link in the pelvic pain and endo picture. So okay. Why is this often missed? Because um, most times when you have been diagnosed with endometriosis, it's usually about going on drugs or hormones as treatment or surgery. Um, but somehow physical therapy is always missed out. So why is this? And, you know, what can we do about that? Yeah, so we basically tried to, we created a protocol in this book. And really, you should see these various disciplines, especially a physical therapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist, prior to the surgery, no matter what, because you want to down-regulate your system. You don't want to go into a surgery with everything hurting and everything, and you're not sleeping well, and you're, you're not eating great, and you're having difficulty walking because you're in so much pain. You really want to try to work on your whole system to try to down-regulate it before surgery. And um, so PT, physical therapy should just be the it should just be part of the protocol that you see a excision specialist, a surgeon, as well as a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And then we also do help to tell patients, well, here's a basic nutrition plan, but you may want to see a nutritionist to get a more uh, comprehensive plan. We can recommend apps for mindfulness and relaxation, but at times it's, it, it is helpful to see a mental health therapist because of anxiety or stress or whatever the case may be. And when it comes to physical therapy, we really look at the body from head to toe. If a patient's had, uh, so the diagnosis for endometriosis can take up to 10, 10 years as we know. Yeah. 
And 10 years, you develop various postures that maybe aren't ideal for um, to be in all the time. You may develop a certain uh, gait or how you're walking. You may feel like you can't exercise at all. So it's really important to see a physical therapist so that they can look at, at all this as well as the external and internal uh, pelvic floor muscles looking at the abdominal wall, all these various things can, can contribute to, if they have impairments in those areas, can contribute to their endometriosis-related pain. So it's really important to address the body as a whole. And a pelvic floor physical therapist experience in treating pelvic health and ideally endometriosis can, can help guide you to, to what I said before, lowering the, that sensitization and trying to peel away the layers of onions. So if you do end up having surgery, that it's, you're in the best shape that you can be. And then you're supposed to follow even after the surgery with physical therapy because of that whenever you do surgery, you do get some scar tissue. So you want to make sure that the tissue is moving well, that the organs are moving well. So that's where the post-op uh, physical therapy is really important as well. Okay. So on that note, how long before and after surgery would you say we should um, go for physical therapy. So is it like six weeks before surgery and six weeks after? Or what's the time frame would you suggest that we should go for physical therapy before and after surgery? That's a great question. I would definitely say minimum of eight to 10 weeks prior. So really trying to get in eight sessions. We Here we do our sessions one-on-one, -on -one, but I find that once a week is, is fine. So getting in eight sessions before and then, and also after, so about eight to 10 sessions after at a minimum, some patients require more, some patients, I wouldn't say require less, much less than eight, but maybe they only need six sessions. Closer. So many of us endo patients, we find ourselves curled up in a ball a lot of the time from pain and during our periods or even outside of our periods. And um, in your book, you mentioned neuromuscular re-education. <laughs> I'm getting all yeah. deep now. <laughs> um, using a technique called PNF. So would, could you tell us a bit more about that and how that works? That's a great question. I would say, just to clarify with that specific, there are so many techniques that we have in our toolbox. Mm -hmm. I would say the, the number one thing that helps the patients with endometriosis is more the manual work, more the hands-on, getting to the soft tissue of the abdominal wall, and th there's something called visceral manipulation, mobilization, getting to those tissues. But then... After that, after you've loosened up the tissues and the muscles, you need to re-educate the body on how, what the optimal function is. So your muscles and nerves should be able to move a certain amount. And what we find with these patients is they're not moving as much as they should be. So that's where we come in, we do the manual work, and then we want to keep it there. So that's when we'll do certain techniques like, uh, PNF, which is proprioceptive neuromuscular uh, facilitation. And that's basically 
telling your your muscles and and your structure your skeletal structure to function in a in a certain and more optimal way. Right. Interesting. <laughs> Talking about you know educating your muscles, um, one of the things that constantly worries me is what we in the endo community call the endo belly. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a very hard and bloated abdomen. So right now I've got that and it's sometimes it goes down slightly, but most of the time it feels like, you know, it's almost rock hard. So my question is, is this a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction? And how do we recognize when you've got pelvic floor dysfunction? That's a great question. That's a challenging question to answer in just a couple minutes. <laughs> it's okay. But um, so when you have that that type of feeling, I would say you you have to look at the various various things. Okay. So is it diet dietary related? It, are you do you eat dairy and you notice it from dairy? Do you eat gluten and you notice it from gluten? So our book uh, does go over like very general dietary recommendations. So once that's kind of ruled out, then um, you also want to look at, as a physical therapist, you, you want to feel to see if there's trigger points in the abdominal wall or, and trigger points are basically like tender muscles, tender areas that when you press on it, it causes pain. Sometimes it radiates to a different area. So when you press on those areas, and I'll have patients do it on themselves, like press into your abdominal muscles. Do you feel, do you feel anything that's really tender? Now here's the tricky point is if you have, um, if you have bloating, it could be your GI system, but it could also be trigger points that are contributing to your pain. Another thing is to make sure you're not constipated either, because a lot of our patients, we find that their GI system is sluggish and it needs a little uh, incentive to move. And also um, it could need some massage that we, I go over in the book, uh, massaging the colon. So looking at these various things, and then as a pelvic PT, we really, again, look at the muscles and the, are there restrictions in certain areas? Was it front after the surgery that you started experiencing this? Uh, and maybe it's some scar tissue that's causing a problem. And the pelvic floor muscles, the, the best and most effective way to assess them is actually internally. So I would say my video or my other book, The Heal Pelvic Pain, goes over in more depth how to assess the muscles internally on your own. Ideally, you should see a pelvic floor physical therapist, though. But if you don't have access to one, then kind of going through the guidelines in, in the book. And it's basically just assess it. That whole area at the bottom of the pelvis is muscle. And they help control bladder, bowel, sexual function. They help, again, I mentioned earlier, they help with core stability. So just like if you had neck pain and you pressed on um, uh, a muscle in your upper trap. Um, if that muscle is, is tight and tender, it can cause some of the neck pain. It can contribute to decreased range of motion in your, in your neck. Similar things happen to the pelvic floor. Those muscles can get tight and restricted, restricted and actually decrease the range of motion when it comes to bladder, bowel, and sexual health. So the long story long, <laughs> um, <laughs> 
ideally getting a pelvic floor physical therapy to assess, but you can also try to palpate around or press around certain areas to see if you feel tenderness that, that feels familiar to you. You mentioned something just now. You said motility. And uh, many of us endopatients have motility issues, I would say. And um, a lot of us have also been diagnosed with SIBO, small intestinal uh-huh. overgrowth. So is this something that is yes. common for people with pelvic issues as well? And is this something that we should take seriously? Is this something that can be easily diagnosed? Is it easily diagnosed? I believe there's a, you do like a stool test for it. It's also, it is in our book. Um, and then do we, we see it more frequently than not in our practice, especially if there's GI symptoms. And then it is, is it irritable bowel syndrome or is it, is it actually SIBO? Uh, my understanding is that SIBO, you do need uh, an antibiotic, although some nutritionists say that you can address it with a very strict diet. Um, but I would refer back to uh, a medical doctor on that. But we do see it fairly frequently in our practice. I think also because if the there's tightness in that area and things aren't flowing well, there is a tendency to get more bacteria buildup, whether in the the vaginal canal, in the urethra, or in the in the bowel, the GI tract. So we do we see urinary tract infections more often in our practice. We see yeast infections, so it is common that we do see um, more symptoms of like SIBO as well. And we find that, yes, you have to address any medical condition, but also if you get things moving better, it also, the outcomes are much better and the, the consistency of it coming back, it becomes less likely and less common. So get moving, basically. (laughs) So on that, um, are there some exercises that we should, um, so two things, either we should avoid or we should go for when it comes to pelvic issues and um, pelvic health? I would say limit anything that really bothers you, Um, but I don't want you to stop. So if running in the past was very painful, then try walking, try yoga. If yoga was painful, because some, for some, time, some patients, if, they're, if they have the malalignment of their hip or of their sacroiliac joint in the back, then that can cause pain. So I try to get the patients, you need to move, you need to keep moving. So I try to get the patients to find what works best for them. Is it swimming? Is it walking? Is it doing yoga? Is it doing Tai Chi? but really making a point to get moving every day, to go to your limit. So if you can only do 15 minutes, then do 15 minutes. Try to do it twice a day though. And then as you start feeling better, you may be able to work up to 20 minutes and then 30 minutes. And then doing certain stretches, again, that feel good. Uh, Some pelvic floor physical therapists will give you specific stretches to do, but uh, if you don't have access again then to a pelvic floor physical therapist, then I would just say do do various exercises and, and try to feel what feels right. As well, once you the symptoms do start to calm down, you do want to do some core stability so that you're you're not your trunk is more balanced and the abdominal muscles aren't 
weakened or the pelvic floor or whatever it may be. So really the combo of all the above, but key is to figure out what works best for you. So I was reading your book about the ILU massage. Yes. For some reason, I just want to say I love you massage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, can you tell us um, what it does specifically? So basically that massage is massaging your large, uh, large colon, your large intestine. And you start on the descending part because you want everything to move along. You want everything to move down and out, as I tell my patients, down and out. Um, You want to use some pressure, but not to the point that you're wincing in pain. Um, And you don't want to feel pain after you do it. So there's a bunch of things. If you are bloated and if you tend to have gas and you tend to have abdominal pain just from that, then go gentler. Maybe start with a heating pad to kind of relax things and loosen things up or a hot bath. So starting with the descending colon, that is the I part of the ILU. You do that 10 to 15 times. Then you go from under your right rib and you go across the trunk to the other side of the rib and then down. And that's the L part. So you're doing your... um, transverse colon followed by the same descending colon you do that 10 to 15 times so you're basically like moving things along and then you go down to your pubic bone on the right side and you go up towards your right rib down across and down again that makes the u and that goes from ascending to transverse to descending so you're following the previous letter the i l u and you're basically just trying to get things moving there. Um, whatever, whatever helps, whatever works is what I say. And is this something we should do daily or every other day or as often as I would say if you're having symptoms, bloating, constipation, even diarrhea, I would do it every day. Some patients even do it twice a day. If you you're see that your symptoms are starting to feel better, then I would do every every other day and then eventually patients do it maybe once or twice a week as they're feeling better and um yeah i would it's, it's i highly recommend it oh one thing i do want to mention is straining like pushing out is yeah. not great for the pelvic floor and it could cause other issues prolonged straining like doing it over and over again so really trying to make sure that the bowel gets easier and softer and there's something called the squatty potty and you don't have to buy that but it does help to lift your hips so that they're above or your knees so that they're above your hips and that helps with the angle of the bowel movement that can be helpful you could just get a step stool too you don't have to actually get the squatty potty so there's, there's a lot of things there's a lot of tips that that we use that are helpful for patients Okay, fantastic. So one of the less talked about issues um, is endo and sex. How can physical therapy help women to reclaim their sex lives from the pain of endo? That's a great question. So some of it is, is hormonal and you need to address that with your gynecologist. But some of it is actually there's a mechanical issue going on. Or they're just tightening because they're nervous about pain and they or they've experienced before and they don't want to experience again and they're nervous about it. 
So it's really addressing all and trying to figure out what is the underlying cause of their pain. And then as a pelvic floor physical therapist, what we look for is one, are they able to relax the pelvic floor muscles? Most people are familiar with Kegel exercises and that's squeezing the muscles. We want to do the opposite. We want to make sure that they're relaxed and there's no tension or trigger points. So we work with the patients on that because that could be painful if you're having uh, penetrative sex. And then also, is there any scar tissue? Is there any scar tissue from the endometriosis or from a previous surgery or from an episiotomy or any tearing during childbirth? These are all things that we look at as uh, pelvic floor physical therapists. And then we work with the patients to make sure that they um, are feeling comfortable at home. We may give them dilators to use or various therapeutic wands to use at home because an hour a week of physical therapy just isn't going to cut it we are very we feel very strongly about giving a home program and making sure that the patients feel comfortable with the home program and reviewing it with them as many times as the patient needs mm-hmm. and so the wand or the um, dilator may be a part of what their protocol or their home program. Okay, lovely. So how can we choose the right physical therapist? That's another great question. I interestingly had a patient of mine that I've seen, that I saw a while ago, um, not endometriosis, but pelvic health, and she has the bowel issues and the bladder issues and the um, pelvic pain, sitting pain. And interestingly, she moved, so she's two and a half hours away. So I gave her the names of a couple of physical therapists, and she she basically went to five physical therapists, four of which said they do pelvic PT, and none of them actually did the internal work that that we do here. And that is essential. Really understanding how to do it is important, but also making sure that the physical therapy actually does that. And if needed, do they assess the muscles rectally as well? Because we sometimes find that a lot of patients have more trigger points and restrictions in the muscles closer to the rectal area or the tailbone. So looking at that, trying to see how much experience they have in pelvic health and, and or endometriosis, Typically, if you see pelvic health patients, you see patients with endometriosis as well. Also, how long have they been practicing and what does their patient population consist of? So these are all various questions that you can ask a pelvic floor physical therapist if you find one. Um, Some of them have it on their website, but some you do have to call and inquire. And if you do find that you plateau with uh, the physical therapy, which this patient was, she wasn't progressing, then try to find someone else. Try to, oh, well, first talk to your physical therapist. That would be ideal and tell them like, this didn't work last time, but this, you know, this seemed to really work well for me because you know your body best. The physical therapist can help uh, guide and, and work with the patient, but in the end, the patient knows, knows their body the best. So, Working with a physical therapist, and then if that still doesn't work, then maybe finding, getting a second opinion and trying, trying another pelvic health physical therapist. What resources would you recommend then for pelvic pain? 
There are there are couples. So the International Pelvic Pain Society um, they have resources internationally as well as various healthcare providers. So physicians and physical therapists. Then there's the American Physical Therapy Association, uh, the Academy of Pelvic Health. They have resources. There's the um, I always get it wrong, but it's the uh, International. Uh, world's physical therapists and I think I believe they have a website too that has a find a provider and also there's certain organizations as well um, Herman and Wallace Institute they do education for specifics of pelvic health so they have a resource page the interstitial societies association or network that's specific to bladder issues but again if you treat bladder issues, you typically treat other pelvic health issues. As we mentioned in the book, there's a common correlation with bladder issues and endometriosis, as well as musculoskeletal issues and endometriosis. Okay. So there are a variety of websites to look into, and um, it can be a challenge in certain areas to find someone, but keep looking, keep trying, keep asking around to ask a, a friend that's a physical therapist or someone that's a physical therapist. They may know of someone as well. So if we wanted to find beyond basics pelvic therapy, how would we find you? Well, our, so our website, Beyond Basics Physical Therapy, as well as our social media is at Beyond Basics PT. We have a YouTube channel, which we try to do like little clips of various topics. Um, as well, we have a great blog, which uh, we've had a bunch on endometriosis. I think we have a bunch, a couple more coming out to help to help get bring awareness to to the book as well. And um, and yeah, that's how you find us. Okay. The book, obviously, beating endo, and then I have—I didn't have the beating endo book on me, but I have these other books. Um, okay. These are my heel pelvic pain book. Okay. Yeah, and my DVD. All right. Okay. I'll put the links in the show notes. Great. Thank you so much. Do you have any other advice for us? I would say my advice would be to keep trying. Keep hopeful. Know that there's more information out there like this book, Beating Endo. Um, know that it's a process, that it's not going to be overnight that you're going to feel better from even the program in our book. It takes time. Also, everyone's different. So really what may work for another friend that has endometriosis may not work for you. So really realizing that you need to listen to your body and figure out what works best for you. Find your team too, that's really important. And ideally having a quarterback within that team, meaning is your pelvic floor physical therapist your quarterback, is the GYN surgeon your quarterback. So trying to get that team together, the nutritionist, the mental health therapist, whatever your needs are. And then just really trying to plug on and, and keep keep going. Know that so many patients get better and you can get better. You just, again, need to find what works best for you and you need to find your team. Lovely. Thank you so much, Amy. You're welcome. Really having you here with us today and um, I've, been, I've really learned a lot and it's been insightful.
Listening to Amy has been really enlightening. Of course, now we know that reclaiming our health from endometriosis cannot be done without a focus on our pelvic health. So what have we learned today? The pelvic floor creates a bowl at the bottom of our pelvis, which is at the bottom of our core, and it helps with our stability, bladder, bowel, and sexual function. Endometriosis is hard to diagnose because of the complexities of symptoms. They can be similar, but can also be very different for different people, affecting either the bladder, the bowel, sexual function, and so on which means the only true diagnosis will always be a surgery. The importance of physical therapy cannot be overemphasized and you should see a physical therapist prior to surgery to help you downregulate your whole system. You are also supposed to follow with physical therapy after surgery because with every surgery, there is some scar tissue and you want to ensure that the tissue and organs are moving well. Various techniques such as visceral manipulation can help you get to the deep soft tissues in the abdomen and help to loosen them up. And after loosening these tissues, the body needs to be re-educated to move and function in the right and optimal way. For exercises, limit any movement that bothers you, but don't stop moving. The ILU massage is a great way to massage your large intestine and get things moving. You start with the eye, rubbing and putting some gentle pressure on your descending colon in a downward motion about 10 to 15 times. Then you go sideways across your trunk from the right to the left and then down your descending colon also about 10 to 15 times. And then finally, you go from the bottom of your ascending colon in an upward motion across to the left and finally down the descending colon, forming the U. There are so many resources online, so keep asking, keep looking and keep hopeful. It is a process and everyone is different. So listen and find what works for you. Have your team around you and make sure you have a quarterback on your team. If you want to reach Amy, please visit her website, www.beyondbasicsphysicaltherapy.com. You can also call the number on the website. Also, make sure to buy her book, Beating Endo, which she co-authored with Dr. Iris Ulbach. You can get it on www.hypercollings.com or www.hypercollings.co.uk and also on Amazon. All this information can be found in the show notes. Until next time, I am Teniola Oguru, and remember, you are not defined by endo.